Blog Talk Radio. Happy we're back, huh? Welcome, welcome everybody to Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talk in the House. What's going on out there? How is everybody doing? <laughs> oh man, it's been a long month, I tell you. I tell you, but we got some good stuff going on right now for you today. And I am, oh man, I don't even know what to say. We have so much to talk about. We have a whole lot. We got a whole lot of time, so we're going to make it happen today, y'all. <laughs> That's right. I'm back. Pete Ross is back, and, and you're back. You can't beat that, can you? You can't beat that with a stick. I know you can't. Oh, man. Can you feel it? Can you feel electricity in the air? I know I can. Because, <laughs> you know, we got uh, uh, look, look. Between the Nike and Colin Carpenter, you got... 45 next to the fool. We you had the marathon that you called the Aretha Franklin funeral. Uh, I, man, I tell you, there's a whole lot of stuff out there we can talk about, and um, I cannot wait to get into it. But of course, you know we have a song of the day. Uh, we have we have a uh, 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 Black History moment, Mr. B. Earl Lucas which a lot of you would be surprised about because a lot of you uh, are actually driving 
his design. But we'll talk about that here in a moment. And we got some clips we're going to play for you to kind of back up what we'll be talking about today. So we have a lot planned for you in our return. So what I suggest is you get a piece of paper and a pen and you write down your notes because um, there's a lot we're going to give out to you. And if you want to discuss it a little later on, hey, me and P. Ross, we'll be right here to hear what you have to say. All right, so let me tell you, chat room is open. And if you want to go in the chat room and talk to us, it's www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. You can call in 347-838-8622 if you want to comment live on the air. If you do, press number one on your keypad. Let me and P. Ross know you want to talk to us. We'll let you in. We'll hear what you have to say, and we'll take it from there. All right? And then there's the emails. You can always shoot us an email at Eric Let's Talk at gmail.com and p.leona.ross24 at gmail.com. We'll be giving that to you throughout the show, so you can go ahead and um, get ready to write that down so you can shoot us some emails if that's what you want to do. And for those that may be privileged enough, you know, to have uh, other ways of communicating with us, you can use those methods as well to talk to me and the P. Ross during the show, before the show, after the show. It doesn't matter. Just talk to us, <laughs> because we're here, man. We're here, uh, and that's all I'm going to say right now. The title of today's show is, Damn It, Just Tell the Truth. And y'all know I don't cuss that much, but, man, I, I am getting tired of this nonsense and this back and forth. And basically, just going to say, damn it, just tell the truth. Quit playing. Quit playing. It, it, enough, enough is enough. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to get into that a little bit. Like I said, we're going to talk a little bit about that marathon that was called Aretha Franklin's funeral and um, some of the speakers and what they said during that. Uh, the Nike campaign with Colin Kaepernick, uh, once again, Kaepernick, I'm sorry. And once again, that, there's a lot to talk about there as well. So we, like I said, we have a lot to talk about, and we have plenty of time to do it. So with all that being said, before we get to the song of the day, let me bring my Co-host is the one that has the big education, you know, compared to my little eighth, ninth grade educational level, and who makes everything sound so loquacious and wonderful. <laughs> Without a doubt. Oh, y'all welcome the one that only P. Ross in the house. <laughs> P. What's going on? How you doing? It's been a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute. It's been, it's been a long minute. <laughs> It has been a long minute. But we back now. We good. We ready to rock and roll. Hope y'all ready, too. Yeah. And as I was saying, you know, they they, they they forgot how easy you make things sound compared to myself. You know, how, uh, 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 <laughs> for the lack of a better word, elementary, I make things <laughs> But we're going to work our way around it, and we're we going to go ahead and, and make some things happen today. Uh, because that's what we do here on the show. All right, so uh, with that being said, I think it's time for some music. What you think there, P? I think it's some time for some music. Y'all want to get these people, yeah, get their minds right here real quick. All right, so song of the day, man, it's a good one. It's the one y'all, a lot of you probably haven't heard. Some of you may have heard it. I don't know, but I like it, and I'm going to play it. So without... (laughs) 
further ado, it's from the movie The Greatest Show, man. The name of the song is This Is Me. Hey, y'all listen to the words, man. It's pretty cool. All right, see y'all in about four minutes. Enjoy the music. your broken parts I've learned to be ashamed of all my scars run away they say no one will love you as you are but I won't let them break me down to dust I know that there's a place for us for we are glorious when the sharpest words want to cut me down I'm gonna send a flood, gonna drown a mound. I am brave, I am blue, I am who I'm meant to be. This is me.
this is me from the movie The Greatest Show, man. And I'm telling you, if you listen to the words of that song, man, I tell you, man, can't do nothing but pump you up and get you hype, right? I know it can. I know it does for me. I love that song, man. That's almost in the same token as Human. Y'all know that song that I play all the time called Human. Yeah, buddy. Hey, don't apologize for being you people, okay, because you are who you are, and there's a reason who you are. If you're a butthole, you're just a butthole, all right? But regardless, if you're a nice person, people are going to talk about you regardless. So don't let that stop you because you are who you are. Stand up. Take ownership. Take ownership. Don't apologize. There's no need to apologize. Okay? That's right. I'm just saying. Hey, a moment of encouragement from Mr. Talk. <laughs> Without a doubt. But, okay, I'm not going to go into too, too much into that because y'all know I, I can write me a, 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 a civilian sermon on that one now. But anyway, uh, <laughs> look, it's like this. It's been a month, so y'all know I, I got a lot going through my brain right now. I'm talking to my peoples again, my family. I want to say thank y'all. I missed you. I hope you missed me. And we got a lot to talk about. But the chat room is up. And so if you want to have a conversation with me or Pete Ross in the chat room, because we're both there, hey, just log in to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. And, hey, We'll be right there to, help, to answer any questions you may have about anything we talk about on the show today or just any questions you may have, period. All right? Um, also, if you want to talk, if you're on a switchboard right now, you want to make a comment or anything, just press the number one on your keypad. Uh, that give me a signal to let you know you want to comment on something we've discussed or something may just pop in your mind. And, hey, we'll bring you in. we have the discussion, and we move on. See how easy that is? Of course it is. It's just so easy. But anyway, so those are the ways you can participate. Don't forget the emails, Eric, E-R-I-C-L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K at gmail.com. And then there's P. Ross, the co-host, at P.Leona, L-E-O-N-A, dot Ross24 at gmail.com. So those are all the ways you can contact us. Um, we have a website as well, ericletstalk.com. We will be updating that this week. Uh, so you can go by and hang out and see the, some of the videos and things we have there um, that we've talked about on the show, plus maybe upcoming on the next few shows. Um, and if you have any ideas for topics, we have a contact form there as well. Well, you can go ahead and leave us a little note. And trust me, we'll get back in touch with you because that's what we do. <laughs> okay. So with all that being said, um, it's cool, and we re ready to rock and roll now. But before we go any further, y'all know I got to bring her in because I just gave y'all some words of encouragement, and words of encouragement is P. Ross's favorite thing to do. So we're going to bring her back here real quick, and we're going to let her give you the word of encouragement and the black history person for the day. So without further ado, because BTR erased all my little gadgets, so I got to put it back on. But without further ado, here she is, the one, the only, the highly educated, my co-host, P. Ross in the house. P, take it away. Do what you do, girl. <laughs> hey, our Black History Moment of the Day is Mr. Earl Lucas. Y'all, probably not, some of you probably never heard of him, but he's a local guy right there in Texas from Dallas. He is a sport designer who is no stranger to luxury. 
He once had a job designing the aircraft interiors for the Sultan of Brunei. Brunei is located, you know, in Southeast Asia, very rich country, a little small country off the coast of Borneo, um, which he strategically placed silver and gold, working with silver and gold on the interior of the plane. Today he is a chief exterior designer for... Lincoln Mercury, for the Lincoln Motor Company, I'm sorry. His attention to detail is just as precise, albeit a little bit more subtle than when he was working with the Sultan, because, hey, the Sultan had him working with silver and gold. Lincoln ain't got that. He ain't got that yet. So he says that Lincoln's hallmark is quiet luxury. And Lucas's expertise is sculpting shapely lines, forms, and structure for high-end clients. He says, this is his, he says about this, he says, it changes your mindset absolutely. It changes everything from surface language to the amount of features, he says. The luxury customer simply expects a different look, a different style. The chrome appointments, the amenities, the sense of style, and prestige goes up when you are designing for Lankin. He graduated from the College of Creative Studies with a degree in industrial design. He worked on the 2000 Lincoln Navigator, the 2000 Lincoln MKX, the 2013 Lincoln MKS, the Lincoln Navigator concept, and the 2018 Lincoln Navigator that debuted in 2017. He also spent three years in an international service contract from 2011 to 2013 designing products and projects for India, South America, and China. The insights that he gained have affected his recent work at Lincoln, he said. He says that there is such appreciation for the automobile in terms of detail. He says details really matter, even on an entry-level product. So when you start working on special editions, it gets even better. He says, I felt like I learned so much. Since returning, he's particularly enjoying the collaborative aspect of moving the brand forward, being able to define what we want the brand to be. Being a part of that vision is is fantastic. He says it permeates more than the surface of the car. It goes to all the product development, and it is fascinating. Lucas says he is always creating, painting, designing, fashion, and, yes, sketching cars. I'm always working on something. That is Earl Lucas, lead designer for the Lincoln Motor Company. See what you can do when you just put your mind to it? So y'all telling y'all kids quit drawing all these little things, these little cars, these little sketches. You never know where it's going to take them if they have a passion for it. See, so you, you, you gotta you gotta know that encourage the children, encourage the children in what they like to do. See, because you never know. Hey, they may just be the next Earl Lucas. You never know. You never know. You never know. And speaking of that, you need an encouraging word today. I got one for you. I got one for you. And it's just a simple little quote. It comes from Psalms 139 and 14. Since Mr. Mr. Talk was talking about, you know, just be you. Why? Because 
You got to realize that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. See? That's what it says, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that you know this and that God knows this because marvelous are his works that my soul knoweth right well. See? So he knows that what he made is what? He looked at it. He said everything that he made was what? Good and very good. So if you're beautifully and wonderfully made, so that means that you can't look in the mirror and say, oh, I don't like this, I don't like that, because telling God, well, I don't like the works that you did. And his word already says that you're beautifully and wonderfully made, so why not agree with him? Hey, just walk in it. Just walk in the excellence. Hey, why not? If the creator said it, hey, so it is. So there's your encouraging words for today. So you can stop putting yourself down. Stop thinking that you're less than because God says that you are greater than. Okay? All right? Well, remember that. Four weeks. All right? So next time somebody has some cues, you know, come come people with some negativity and say, hey, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. The creator said, God himself said, I am beautifully and wonderfully made. If you got a problem with anything on me, I suggest. You take it up with him. Hello. There you go. That's your encouraging word for the day. All right. That's what I'm, that's what, that's what I'm talking about right there. Yeah, I'm going to add a little bit to that and put together very well. <laughs> that's all I was saying. Put together very, very well. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, she just told y'all that's what he said. Now I'm just adding on. Can't take away. You can always add on, though. That's right. Ain't that right, Pete? That's right. <laughs> that's right. So not only do are you know you who you are, but you put together very well. You're durable. Your parts are equally nice and all that good stuff. So enjoy, it, man. Take it and run with it. <laughs> Don't let nobody tell you any different. If, if if they do, tell them Mr. Talk say, hey, I look good all the way around from my head to my toe. That's right. Anyway, all right. So, <laughs> ah, I like it, I like it, I like it. Thank you, P. Appreciate it. Uh, I told you a lot of y'all may be driving these vehicles. This young man has um, decided to, to, I mean, that he helped design and that's amazing because I didn't even know that. Uh, so that's that's good to know that we are we do have um, individuals that are designing everyday things that we we do buy um, and drive and eat and drink and so forth and so on. You know, besides um, you know the moss nicks type of stuff. So anyway, without that all being said, we are at that point where we need to go on and get on with the show. Once again, this is Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talk. Got my co-host, Pete Ross, riding the train with me today. And we have a title of the show that's called, dun, 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 damn it, tell the truth already. I added it already, but damn it, why don't you just tell the truth? You know, just tell the truth, because there's so, so much going on right now. And if anybody has just a tad bit of common sense, you already can see Somebody's lying. That's right. Somebody's lying. 
it, it, it's not, it doesn't take a, a, a I'm not even going to say a rocket science. It'll take a first grader to figure out who it is. So just tell the dang old truth. You know, sometimes that just helps out a whole lot. A whole lot. But you know what? I, 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 I'm going to have to jump around here for a minute because there's some things that keep popping in my head, and I think it's popping in my head because I, I need to talk about it. Let's talk about Capperman for a moment, man. Let's talk about Kaepernick. Uh, and this this new 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 ad that him and Nike has come out with, for some reason that keeps popping in my head. And I say I need to talk about that first. All right, so yeah, you need to talk about that first. Yeah, we need to talk about that first. We definitely do need to talk about that older man stuff. I'm just saying, but go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Forty-five <laughs> stole the man stuff. How you gonna steal? You can't steal that man. I mean, look. Here's the gist of it. Nike made Colin Copernet the face of their Just Do It 30th anniversary campaign. Um, and once again, you know, you have that anti-kneeling crowd out there that's all upset and all in oh, in an uproar because they think. Uh, but once again, the narrative of Colin Kaepernick, quote-unquote, disrespecting the flag and the truth and law enforcement, so forth and so on, and it's really dumb, okay? It's really dumb. Uh, let's be honest. It has nothing to do with disrespecting a flag, nothing at all. That is the narrative that is key, that has been tossed around, based out in the news and what have you. Now, it's interesting because while all this has been going on, you know, before Nike came up with this, Colin Kaepernick has been, it has been a low roar, except for the NFL is starting over again. So, of course, the issue came up with players kneeling. He had owners like Jerry Jones said he required all his players to stand for the national anthem. You know, you had players like Dak Prescott come out say, well, I think, yeah, okay, he went along with the owner, put it that way. I'm not going to call the man out his name. But he went on, he went on, he went along with the owner. And then, of course, yesterday you had a few players that did kneel. You had the Jets owner that said if his play, their players kneel, he wouldn't care. You know, if they were fine, he would pay the fine for that. So, and I'm giving you all these examples of good and bad because you have to understand that there is, two sides to this whole thing. There's, you know, some on the one side, some on the other side. Who's to say they're right or the wrong? Right? Who's to say they're right or wrong? The problem that we have right now in, 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 this, in, in this country when it comes to this type of thing is everybody wants to police the protest but ignore the message. And I think that is the issue right there. You know, everybody got a problem with the protest, but nobody's talking about what the real, the first main issue is. Nobody wants to talk about that. Anytime you bring up Colin Kaepernick, first thing anybody would say well, uh, against it is, well, he's protesting the flag. He's protesting the military, law enforcement. Now, you ask someone else like myself, and I tell you, no. That is not the issue. The issue is police brutality and, and and things like that. Okay. So with that being said, what? How do you fix this? 
How do you fix it? Is there any way to fix this conversation that's going on in this country now? And the answer to that at this point in time, no. And why? Because from the top, already from the top, division is being uh, sown and thrown and, and constantly built upon, and it's just continued to feed and let fester. Not to mention that uh, we talk about putting up walls to keep individuals out that are supposed to be criminals, what have you, that really aren't criminals, but that is the narrative. And to add to it, you have individuals that's burning Nike gear because they don't like the decision. Well, let's look at Nike. Yes, I mean, there's there's a couple of ways you can look at Nike as well. Nike has had a problem before with uh, uh, child labor in, in, in the small third world countries. Yes, we Nike has had that, has had that. And it's been do- it's documented. You see what I'm saying? It is documented. It is not like it's anything new. However, the other thing about Nike is Nike has always stood by their athletes. They have. I.e., Tiger Woods. When Tiger Woods was going through his nonsense and and, and sponsors were dropping him left and right, left and right, Nike stood by him. Right? Let's think about it. Michael Jordan, when he got in trouble about all that gambling, they stood by him. No, let's let's go all the way back to Muhammad Ali. You know, so when you start thinking about speaking your mind and things of that nature, there's always an issue with that when it comes to certain uh, pigment of skin color. Let's put it that way. To have someone that's sitting the top, the top seat of this country that constantly feeds into. The, the wrong narrative is a scary situation. It, it is. It's a very, 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 very scary situation. So what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do? Huh? We going to buy a bunch of Nikes? We going to boycott this one and boycott that one? That sounds good. Or are we going to do, like Brother Jabbar say, just go and get our own little country in our own little corner and just and hang out right there? Are we going to do that? Is that the answer? Is that the, the <laughs> Is it? I don't know. But we have to do something, people. Because because regardless of, of what is said or done, things are still happening. It's still happening. But I'm going to take a back seat right now. I'm going to let P. Ross on and get hers in because, as you can see, she was ready anyway when I mentioned it. So go ahead, P. I, I, I'll be standing by. Go for it. Now, I was talking about the, the – you got it on, on, on the page, you know, on your blog post with, with Trump. They say Trump's son did it. Took Kaepernick's stand, put it on, on, on Trump's face, <laughs> you know, and – <laughs> it's really it's, it's really hilarious, you know. It's, it's really hilarious because the thing is, what have you sacrificed? What mm. have you sacrificed, honestly? You know, what have you stood for that made a difference in anybody else's life except your own? What have you done to unite the people? 
nothing. But we want to be honest. You came out with 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 make America great again. You know, but have you have you really made it great again? I'll have an example. Believe in something, even even if it means sacrificing everything. What do you what have you ever believed in that you was willing to sacrifice for? Because every time you get in trouble, it's always somebody else's fault or it's always fake news. Let's just be honest. When have you actually stood behind something you said and not come back and reverse it and say you didn't say it or somebody took it wrong or that's not what you said and they can replay the tape or replay the video? Is it just a lapse of, of, of memory or a flat-out lie? So we can't believe in anything that you say. So and apparently you don't believe in anything that you say because um, you know, Twit Master Jet and when you Twitter something, you go back and say, Well, you know, I, I didn't say that. You know, when you get thrown out of the frying pan into the fire and then you got all these people around you to try to clean it up. But you're willing to attack anybody else who wants to stand on their principle for what they believe in, for what they believe is right, for what they believe is good. And not just for themselves, but for the for the good of all. Without the the the, the tone of, of divisiveness. Where's the unity in that? What is your real agenda? What do you believe in? And is from the time you came in office to now, has America gotten any greater? And if so, who has it gotten greater for? You denied your federal employees a raise, but yet and still you cut taxes so that those who already have can keep more of what they already got. But these people are trying to make ends meet living from paycheck to paycheck, and you deny them a, a little 2% raise or what, maybe $20 a paycheck maybe? What is it really going to hurt? Now you want to say that, oh, we got we got to balance the budget. When it comes to the little people, we got we to gotta keep a balanced budget. How? How is that even how is that even feasible? Or are those the principles that, that, that you stand on? Those who have, you know, the haves and the have not, those who have, let's let's give them a little bit more. And and those who don't, let's take a little bit more from them. And I'm just I'm just asking. I'm just asking. See, because you say you gotta you gotta believe in something. We're trying to figure out what it is that that you you necessarily believe in. What is it? Now, if 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 we go we go by the trend that has already been set, then we can see a lot of things that you possibly believe in division. Yeah, keeping the little people 
further down. You believe in lying. You believe in blaming folks for stuff that you yourself have done. But when it comes to accountability, let's hold them accountable, but I can't be held accountable because all of you people are lying. You believe in that. I believe in let's not pardon a live citizen of the Brown persuasion. You know, we'll go back 100 years and pardon somebody that's already been deceased forever rather than pardon live people who have been found innocent. Which you said, you know, they should receive the death penalty. They should be killed. But DNA evidence proves that these teenagers never committed the crime in the first place. But you said what you believe in, they're not fair-skinned like you, then we just need to kill them all and get rid of them. Is that what you believe in? Is that what you stand for? You're willing to sacrifice somebody else's life and not your own? Especially since, you know, you never served in the military, and our children went over there, and everybody who has military families went over there in these wars. We had nothing to do with, but because the chief executive that commands the military said, hey, you got to go. You got to go die for your country. You got to go fight for your country. And they went and came back Maine. and came back. Some didn't even come back, and some didn't even know what the heck they were over there fighting for. But you dodged it all. What the hell did you believe in? What the hell did you sacrifice? And you have the audacity to put his words on your face? Come on now, talking about fake news, hey, that's about as fake as it gets. I know I made some people upset, but it's all right. It's a free country. Right now. Hey, it's still a free country right now. <laughs> so this is this this is my opinion. You might not agree, but this is what I this is what I see. And how can you have a have any respect for somebody like that? I can't. I can't. And I won't. You don't stand for anything. You wish you watched. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, and you, sir, are very unsafe. Hey, that's all I got to say on that. <laughs> wow. You have said a whole, whole, whole lot right there. You said a whole lot. And, you know, you know when, when you start talking about that and the way he, um, he has attacked Colin Nick and the NFL – It's like, like, why is he going so hard at the NFL? Well, you have to remember that at one time there was this league called the USFL that played spring football, and they were, it would, Trump bought the New Jersey Generals, okay, and his he was one of those owners that he felt like he wanted his people to go head to head the NFL. All right, let's just gonna put it out there the way it is, okay, and. 
they went to court. He sued the NFL on uh, antitrust on the antitrust law, basically saying the NFL had a monopoly and they was trying to run them out, run the league out of uh, business. USFL. Well, they went to court, and of course, during the the, the, the run of the court, you know, the jurors they were they were kind of split. It was only six of them, and three of them wanted to you know give give uh, the USFL thirty million dollars as a settlement, and three of them didn't. So what finally happened was the settlement was three dollars was one dollar, but they ended up with three dollars and seventy six cent that was awarded to the USFL. Thus, basically putting the USFL out of business because they couldn't operate like that, especially not going into to uh, a fall season head going head to head. Now the USFL had contracts with ESPN because ESPN was new then and ABC. But the problem was they didn't have the money to uh, keep the, the league going as far as teams. Now, and Trump took this real personal, very personal, very personal. And thus is why you see him going after the NFL at such a uh, vigorous, in such a vigorous way. Because he still holds a grudge. And we all know that this president holds a grudge against anyone who goes against anything that uh, he thinks is his way is right. There's a documentary called Small Potatoes Who Killed the USFL. And uh, if you really want to know what really happened and why he feels the way he does about the NFL, I highly suggest you watch this this um, documentary. Once again, that's Small Potatoes Who Killed the USFL. But honestly speaking, he shouldn't be in this. In this he shouldn't be involved in this at all. He really shouldn't be. But that's the only way he can keep his base engaged in uh, in what's going on. This is what's going on. Now, did, did he have a point? Apparently, because three jurors thought he did. But it's over with. It's over with. And and there's a history, there's a history of forty five suing anyone that does not, that does not, um, that does not uh, go against anything that he want, he has in mind, especially when it comes to the old mighty greenback. So when you take a look at that. His argument is non-void, non-void, null and void. Period. You know, there's other things that should he should be uh, concerning himself with. There's other things that he should be talking about, uh, dealing with besides th- this NFL thing. Heck, the NFL hasn't even come out with with uh, uh, any type of regulation, rules, or what have you, uh, uh, talking about how protests should be done. And it's a chicken way out of it. I'm going to say it's a chicken way out of it because they really don't want to get into it because they're scared of alienating a lot of fans. Now, there's a lot of fans out there already say, well, we're not, we're not, um, 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 we're not supporting the NFL or what have you. Okay, that's your choice. See, once you see, and here's the, the hypocrisy of the whole thing. That is their choice. That is their choice. But it's amazing how 
they'll take that and use that explanation. This is our choice. We believe we want to, but Colin Kaepernick has a freedom of speech as well. Nike does too. If they want to go ahead and make this man the picture, the the the, the picture of their their campaign, that's their choice. Now, for all you individuals out there that want to burn your Nike gear, what have you, go right ahead. Go right ahead. In the famous verse of Easy E, when they were burning all the NWA records and stuff, whatever you paid for it, you burning your own money. <laughs> you know, as simple as it is, you're burning your own money. You pay for it. So, and the scary part is there. There, there have been uh, uh, postings on social media where supposedly certain colleges are trying to get out of a Nike contract. It's just silly. It's it's really silly. But once again, it goes to show just how gullible and easily led. The American public is. It's a sad state. It really is. It's a sad state, but that is it, it, it is what it is where this country is right now. I tell you all the time, we need to get away from uh, letting individuals uh, influence what we do. You have the greatest computer there ever was, your brain. But you don't want to leave because it's easier to follow somebody else. Go back and research. Go back and and and, and, and follow some things, and you you realize that it's not as as some say it is. Okay, so that's what we believe this calling cabinet thing at right now. Honestly, I find nothing wrong. You know, what did he sacrifice? A whole career. A whole career. You know, right now he has arbitration going on from a against the NFL. When the NFL tried to get it thrown out and the judge declined it, denied it. So there must be something there as far as collusion, keeping this man from being quarterback. Then you were still playing in the NFL. Uh, uh, Jim Brown. Know, who came out originally on the side of Colin Kaepernick, later did a 360 and want to say, well, you know, he should decide whether he want to be a player or an activist. Well, why can't he be both? Why can't he be both? Michael Vick, the same one who they railroaded and put in jail for 18 months over dog fighting, you know, made a statement, well, he should cut his hair, that way he'd be more acceptable. Really? But I remember when when Michael Vick played, he wore braids just as Colin Kaepernick did. Said that he cut his hair, he got a endless job on one of the, the sports, uh, Fox Sports networks. What what does that look like? Let's reward him because he stood up for us. There's a bunch of hogwash, people. So let's let's get let's. Let's get our minds together here. Let's look at this objectively. Not because one person said this, one person said that. You know, like the song that said, this is me. So if that's what you believe in, stand up. Be, uh, hey, stand up for it. But if you know this is hard, watch, stand up for that too. Don't, don't be uh, 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 
word am I looking for? Don't don't be bashful because somebody next to you uh, is against what you believe. If you know it's wrong, it's wrong. Heck, a former um, uh, uh, special troop, uh, not special troop, Green Beret, told Kaepernick to kneel instead of sit for the national flag. I mean, for the for the for the uh, 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 flag uh, uh, national anthem. That Green Beret, special forces. And nobody wants to discuss that part of that. You know? Yeah. So don't let don't let don't be intimidated. And, and, and that is what what this administration had loves to do: intimidate individuals. Thank you, Pete. That's what they do. Now, being that we're talking about intimidation and those that that want to be intimidated or sound more important than they are, we got Pastor Daryl Scott. The president had a meeting with uh, uh, some black pastors. And uh, it was interesting because they're all sitting around the table, what have you. And if you watch these reality shows, there was a pastor, John Gray. He was there. A couple of other pastors, you know, supposed to be from around the nation, the leading, the leading pastors of the country, black pastors. And and um. You know, Daryl Scott, you know, he has been the voice supposedly for the black folk in the Trump administration since Amoroso is gone, even while Amoroso was there, really. Um, he made a statement that was quite, quite interesting. And it, it really, when I heard it, it really shocked me for him to come out and say uh, what he did. And I'm going to play the clip here in a moment. Um, it was, it was shocking, but I, I highly suggest you go and watch the video because there's a black woman sitting next to uh, 45, and as he's sitting, as he's sitting there, and Daryl Scott is talking, she's bobbing her head, and if you notice, 45 takes his hand and sort of pats her or rubs her on her hand. And I'm looking at this like. Wow, really? This this is what's going on right now. As in, yeah, good choice. Good choice to let him talk first. You know, yeah, he asked uh, um, Gray to, to pray, open the meet with a prayer, and Gray gave this, you know, this prayer. We'll talk about the word in your man in a little bit. But I'm, I'm going to play this, this, this clip here real fast of, of Scott and his comment as far as the way he feels about uh, 45. So here's uh, a uh, pastor, Gerald Scott. To be honest, this is probably going to be the, and I'm going to say this at this table, the most pro-black president that we've had in our lifetime because, and I try to, you know, analyze the people that I encounter. This president actually wants to prove something to our community, our faith-based mm-hmm. community and our ethnic community. The last president didn't feel like he had to. 
is, is this administration is probably going to be more proactive regarding urban revitalization and prison reform than any president in your lifetime. If we work together, give him a chance, we will do something. That we will, this, is, this, this administration will continue to make history. Now, and that was, that was basically what he said right there. The most pro-black president ever. Now, <laughs> so let's talk about this. So you part Jack Johnson. Anybody? He was the black boxer who was who basically was run out of the country because he married a white woman, the heavyweight champion back in the day. And what's his name? Joyce Johnson, the lady that was in prison at the um, Kardashian girl when they talked to him, right? So that makes him the best pro-black uh, president ever. And, of course, as this administration always do, they take a shot at uh, 44. And, uh, and it's, it, it's amazing how no matter what they do, they're always taking a shot at 44. Well, you've been in office for 18, 20-something months now. Why are you even worrying about what 44 did now? It should be all about your agenda. But, see, apparently that is an underlying uh, uh, thing that is just eating away at this administration. Now let's talk about Daryl Scott. For those that don't remember, when uh, 45's administration first came into uh, position, Scott sat there in a meeting and said, all the gang leaders in the city of Chicago wants to sit down and have a talk with 45 administration. However, later it came out that that was not the case. He never talked to anyone in Chicago. So, once again, that killed his credibility right there. Not to mention that, once again, he's stepping up and, and trying his best to make you believe that this administration is doing so much for the ethnic communities. So, what has he done so far for the ethnic community? Now, not saying that 45, 44 did so much himself, because y'all know I was hard on him just like I am 45. But let's be honest, 45, I mean 44, 45 hasn't, did any, hasn't done anything. He's done less. I'm sorry. Job numbers say he's created so many jobs, what have you. Okay. Yeah. But is this because of anything he's done? Heck no. Nope. Not at all. Not at all. His, his economic policy hasn't had a, even had a chance to take effect yet. But he, he, he'll roll with it, though. And once again, you know, it's like the blind leading the blind. Just tell them this. They'll believe it because you're a black pastor. But nobody is, 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 has figured out that Daryl Scott has a, a, a what is it, vice president position in, in one of the uh, Trump re-election campaign committees that has already been formed. We talked about this uh, last year sometime. Uh-huh. So once, it, once again, you have to consider the source that is putting out these, this information. You know, and then you had uh, 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 John Gray, and 
he he caught a lot of flack for for sitting here. I mean, a whole lot of flack. You know, um, let's see. Let me see if I can get to 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 what John Gray said here, because it, it, it's very interesting when he prayed. Uh, yeah, here it is. He said, thank you for this moment to be able to share our hearts with the president and his administration. Um, Dr. King said, we cannot influence a table that we are not seated at. And so we pray that this conversation will be fruitful and productive and honoring of the best tradition of this nation. We further pray that you will continue to give wisdom and insight to our president and his leadership team to be what our nation needs to build this country from the inside out, that we continue to be a beacon of hope and light around this world. Great close the meeting by telling the president, my prayer is that you will continue to have wisdom and insight to lead this nation. Now let's talk about that for a moment. Is that you will continue to have wisdom and insight to lead this nation. Insight and wisdom for who? And, and, and to say, um, uh, 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 we cannot influence a table that we are not seated at. Well, you were seated at the table, but yet, but yet, no one actually had the cojones or the balls or the nuts to sit there and confront this guy. Hey, you could even talk to him about Colin Kaepernick and that issue. But yet you sit at the table and kowtowed, smiling, let him get away with another photo off. Now, I'm going to tell you why this was a photo off, because not not a, a, a week before, he met with the white evangelicals, you know that word, the white preachers. You know, I, I have a problem with that. Yeah, evangelicals, that's him. Yeah. That's it. The white pastors. And this is what he told them. He told the similar pastors, the other Christian leaders gathered in the state down the room, pleaded with evangelical leaders for political help during closed door remarks. Closed doors remarks. Y'all know what closed door means? There's no cameras, nobody else listening but those in the room. Warning of dire consequences to their congregations should Republicans lose in November's midterm elections. This November 6th election is very much a referendum on not only me, it's a referendum on your religion. Y'all hear that? A referendum on your religion. It's a referendum on free speech and the First Amendment. But hold up, wait a minute. That what confident is using his right for free speech under the First Amendment? But yet, he went on to say, it's a referendum on so much. It's not a question of like or dislike. It's a question that they will overturn everything we've done. And they will do it quickly and violently. And he emphasized and violently. There is violence. You look at Antifa. These are violent people. Okay, Antifa is a loose collection of anti-fascist groups who regularly stage counter-protests against white supremacists and neo-Nazis and have emerged as an effective boogeyman for segments of the U.S. right, which is basically 
conservatives, Republicans, whatever you want to call them. You have to hopefully get out and get people to support us. He touted the steps he's taking to promote religious liberty, such as loosening restrictions on political speech from the pulpit, which previously could jeopardize religious institutions' tax-exempt status. Now, for those that don't realize what, what this has done, basically what he's telling them, get up on Sunday morning, Saturday morning, whenever you get up and talk to your colleagues, and tell them to go and vote. Get the candidates, get the candidates in your churches. Have them speak. Now, under the, the, the what is it, three, what is it, T? What? The 501-3C? 501-3C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Churches are not allowed under a tax exempt status to be a part of any political status there is. Uh, none. But since he has loosened some of that, he's asking these individuals. He didn't ask that other black. He did not ask that other black preachers. Just the white ones. His base. And to insist that if they don't do this, there will be violence. Where is the violence going to come from? Who said anything about violence? Once again, another intimidation fact, intimidation, uh, 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 another form of intimidation. Key words, violence. Oh, my God. They're going to tear up our churches. They're going to get out and riot. Who said that? But you had to meet with the black preachers and the white preachers, but there's two different messages out there. Two different messages, but nobody has bothered to address any of this. None. But once again, once again, this is making America great again. Two different messages for two different groups of quote unquote pastors who, once again, I thought, I thought was basically uh for the for lack of a better worshiping the same God. Well, he was wrong. Now, <laughs> now Pastor Jamal H. Bryant, who is, you know, a, a prominent minister who does a lot of social media uh posts, he quoted a scripture that scolded the black pastor by saying he, which you mean God said, I prepare a table for you in the presence of my enemies. All these preachers that went, God provided the table, and you just walked away with a photo off, and you walked away with nothing. You know, and John Gray, you know, as he, you know, opened the meeting, and uh, he was asked to close it as well, he said, thank you for this moment to be able to share our hearts with the president and his administration. You didn't share nothing. Exactly. Didn't share anything. So what was accomplished here? Nothing. What was accomplished? Nothing. Nothing. But, but see, this, 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 yep. and this thing, this thing, they're supposed, supposed to be all pastors, right? All these were pastors, mm-hmm. sitting, you know, sitting around the table. They're supposed to be 
pastor, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Right. All right. Why didn't why didn't they understand the verse of Matthew twenty four and nine where it says, Then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. For you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another and false prophets shall rise and deceive many. Let me read number 11 again. And many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound. And y'all, everybody know iniquity means sin. The love of many shall wax cold. What have we said? What have we said? There, there, there is no love in this, in, in this place. This is an administration of what? It perpetuates hatred. See? It perpetuates hatred. Why, why, why didn't they address that? See, but no, they forgot about, they forgot about Ephesians 5 and 6. Since they're supposed to be men and women of God, I'm not saying that they ain't, if that's what they call themselves, so let it be. You know, it says, let no man deceive you with vain words. Vain means empty, has no sustenance. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon children of disobedience. Be ye not sat at the table with them and makers with them. Did you forget? You're supposed to know the word of God. You're supposed to know how to conduct yourself and righteousness and holiness. God has given you a charge over his people. What are you telling them? Since you say you speak, y'all don't speak for me. Let me make that clear. You know, I can speak for myself. I, I don't need another black man who, who is in error to speak for me. <laughs> and you talking about you speak for the nation? I think not. And you talking about the gang members in Chicago going to get together and talk to Trump? I think not. <laughs> Yeah, that hasn't happened yet. Yes, you are all walking under a spirit of deception. How could you possibly agree with division? When God is a God of unity, what are you what are you talking about? What are you talking about? It was he's a God of love. He he wasn't preaching hate. So how do you sit at a table with a hate monger? That perpetuates division among the people. Hmm. You know, well, maybe y'all just believe the same thing. I don't know. I, I, I guess so. You know, yeah. But that ain't what I get out of it. Hey, I'm gonna stick to what I know. You stick to what you know. I guess. But hey. And at the end of the day, we're right. If God be God, let God be God. If Baal be God, then hell, serve Baal. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I like that. I'm just saying. Oh, Lord, I'm just saying. You know, and you're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. So this meeting, although touted by the administration as a great thing, was just a photo op. A photo op. That's all it was. 
photo op. Um, of course, the White House said this: the meeting was to uh, how can an opportunity to discuss prison reform and opportunities for ex-convict reopening of steel mills, urban issues, job growth for minorities, the president's leadership and faith. Yeah. Yeah. So how is that working out? Now, let's remember, let's remember, when he was running for president, he made a statement to the the ethnicities, especially the African-American community, what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? And I must admit, I gave him, you know, I said, okay, he may have a point. What do you have to lose? Well, apparently we see our dignity, our leader's dignity. And and that's another one of the things that's really puzzling about this whole situation is those same so-called black or African-American leaders, whatever you want to call them, that riled up against 44 has been quite quiet uh, against this administration, 45's administration, except for at Aretha Franklin's funeral. (laughs) The marathon that was. But we'll get to that in a minute. So now you have this meeting. And let's go back to the meeting of uh, the, the presidents of the the HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities. Well, you have you had uh, um, Tells from the Crip Conway, Kellyanne Conway, sitting on the couch with her leg holding under her, playing with her phone, as these folk are have, supposedly having a meeting. Well, there was a lot promised to these universities and, uh, and colleges that just hasn't happened. So once again, the black community is being pimped by a politician. And once again, the so-called black church is at the center of it. Hmm. Imagine that. Imagine that. Not to mention that in, what, two months, we got midterm elections coming up. Uh-huh. Wasn't that a nice time to have this meeting? But yet, he said one thing to the black pastors and get the white pastors in there and say something totally different. So, are, are we to believe that the black pastors' churches are going to become violent against the white pastors' churches if the Republicans lose the midterm election? <laughs> oh. As crazy as it may seem, you can't take get that that perception of that is what's being said. It's interesting, but we 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 shall see what what happens here. We we shall see what has happened. Um, man, I told y'all there's a lot we got to talk about. Now, if you want to comment on anything we talked about so far, it's easy. Just give us a call at three four seven eight three eight eight six two two. You want to comment? Press number one on your keypad. And we'll bring you in and hear what you have to say. You can email us at ericletstalk at gmail.com or p.leona.ross24 at gmail.com. That room is also open. 
at www.ericletstalk, I mean, my bad, www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. Okay? So those are all the ways you can go ahead and, and get in contact with us, and we'd be more than happy to uh, have a conversation with you, read your um, questions on the air or your your comments on the air as we go along. So, with all this being said, and I mentioned here a few minutes ago, a few moments ago, about um, the marathon that was Aretha Franklin's funeral. And, of course, we know she she died. She passed away. There was this great, great outpouring of, of love and support for the former uh, singer. And, you know, she was laid you know, out, and they changed their clothes every day, and there was a, a big gathering of pink Cadillacs and so forth and so on. And we had a whole bunch of dignitaries the day of the the, the, the um, home-going, as we call it in the black community, the home-going service. Uh, there was a lot, lot of controversy that came out of, uh, of the home-going service, which really shouldn't have been. But being given the, the state of the time here in this country, it, it should have been expected. It should have been expected from uh, one of the bishops being accused of groping Ariana Grande, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, members getting up there taking shots at, at, at 45, and some controversial things according to others that were said, uh, you know, during the during their eulogy or their their statement for um during during the service, and we're gonna take a look at some of that because it was quite interesting, not to mention very long service. I, I watched it and listened to it in in between, you know, doing some things on the, on um, satellite radio and watched a little bit on on the boot too, and it was quite interesting. It, it really was. Um, you know, there were some things that were said by the, the, the actual, uh, uh, one of the ministers, the actual guy who did the, the, the eulogy, uh, was it Reverend Jasper Williams Jr., who was the pastor of the Salem Baptist Church in Atlanta, and he was really, he really, he really, <laughs> he said some things that really upset some people. And uh, we're going to talk about this here. But first, before we talk about that, I'm going to let you um hear what he had to say. I mean, there are quite a few things. And we're going to listen to uh, Professor Professor Michael Eric Dyson also, because he went completely left when he got up to talk. Uh, and we're going to listen to the bishop who, you know, was accused of groping Ariana Grande and who people didn't really appreciate this quote-unquote joke about he thought she was a taco salad or something, which I thought was quite hilarious, but apparently in this society today you can't make jokes like that about anybody. Um, and there was something that was upset because of the dress she wore. You can take a look at that on the slideshow because I have it there as well. And just a whole lot of stuff that came out this that shouldn't have. Okay, it, 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 it wasn't. I'm not gonna say it wasn't a place, but you know, some things you just should leave alone when it comes to things like this. It wasn't about that. 
Not to mention the news agency, uh, Fox News, was very upset because the minister, Louis Farrakhan, the leader of the Nation of Islam, was up on in the pulpit with Jesse Jackson, uh, Al Sharpton, Clinton. You know, I mean, it's just crazy. You know, little do they know that Aretha Franklin and Farrakhan had a, a relationship, a friendship, a friendship. But because you don't know these things, you go ahead and jump to a conclusion. I like Farrakhan. I agree with some of the things he say. I don't agree with some of the things he say. But that's some of everybody. You know, but once again, that shows how uh, uh, one group of people, one group of people, uh, interpretation or uh, perception of someone is used to influence a whole group of others. That's the word I use, group. But anyway, need to say, we're going to start off with Reverend Jasper Williams and listen to part of his eulogy of uh, Aretha Franklin and some of the comments he made and we would get back to uh, and we could come back to talk about that okay so here it is uh, Reverend Jasper Williams Jr. the pastor of Salem Baptist Church in Atlanta I'm calling for pastors and preachers of the gospel across denominational lines across racial lines across religious lines, I'm calling upon us to lock our arms together now and we can turn black America around. You say, where shall we go and what shall we do? Right in your own neighborhoods where your church is. They're struggling single moms that don't know what to do that needs a man in the house through mentoring programs and parenting our children, we can turn black America around. And so the queen is saying to us, something must be done. Something must be done. If you would just hush and listen with me on the day, you can hear her voice saying it's time now that my race turns its direction around and come back home to our God. As we stop here today and look at how our world is moving, civilization is torn by degradation, flirting with doom and disaster. High-mindedness runs like a mad dog and is beating an uncertain path. Selfishness has evaporated the milk of human kindness while pain and panic are chasing each other like June bugs in the summer sun. Oh, Lord, it's time now that we turn around and try to get our soul back. The queen of soul has spoken now. 
Of your 
We didn't, we didn't put ourselves on the so-called mini plantation that they call public housing. We didn't do that. But then at the but then at, at, at the same time, some got comfortable being there because it was. So it didn't take a lot of money. So it wants us to do the things that were not beneficial to us as a society. So indulge in those activities. When once before time those things were shunned. No, we don't we don't do that. We live better than that. That's what we're standing where you came from. That's what Aretha was talking about. But she never left Detroit. See a lot of people don't know that. Mm-hmm. See, just because you do better don't mean you gotta leave your folks behind. Somebody has to be an example. You can live better. You can be better. You don't have to compromise. But at the end of the day, who's really willing to stand up for that? Who's really, who's really willing to be ridiculed for standing for principle? For standing for righteousness, for, for just what's right. Who's willing to be ridiculed? Who are you? Hey, you see what happened to Kaepernick? They shut them. They shut the manhole career down for standing up for what's right, or let's say for kneeling for what's right. Are you able to endure the persecution that comes with taking the responsibility for doing what you know is right, even when everybody else is going in the opposite direction? At the end of the day, that's the real question. Hmm. That's the real question. <laughs> All right, so you know uh, we gonna stay on Reverend Jasper Williams. As I mentioned before, that that was the wrong. Well, first I want to thank my co-host Pete for that um uh uh uh, uh that that insightful um, look to what what um Jasper Williams said in that little clip right there. Now I'm gonna bring to you a couple statements made in another uh, piece of his eulogy. That for some reason, I don't know why it didn't come up, but I had it written down so we can we talk about it anyway. And uh, it's really, really interesting as some of the things he said, and believe me, when he said it, man, people went crazy, all right? Um, on social media especially, um, he, I mean, they blasted him for misogyny, bigotry, and the perfect, has a perfect, Oh, Lord, I can't call. Perpetuation. <laughs> okay. Basically, they say he, he gave false statements on, on science on race. He was blamed, he blamed uh, integration and the civil rights movement for ripping the heart out of the black microeconomies that once relied on black-owned small businesses such as grocery stores, hotels, and banks. The perpetuation, perpet, oh, Lord, have mercy. A false size on race. Now, I've often said this on, on the show, and I'm going to continue to say that. The biggest okie doke that ever happened was integration. Now, some of, you, some of y'all have to agree with me. That's fine. But on this point, I agree with Jasper Williams. Because until it's, it, it, integration happens, 
And as P. Ross said, you know, we were living better, but we were doing it in our own own communities, neighborhoods, however you want to call it. We had our own grocery stores around the corner where you go around the corner and get your credit. You know, some of you as kids can remember your mama seen you around there with a note, you know, telling the owner of the store, you know, you need this or pack of palmals, whatever, put it on my credit, I pay you at payday. You had grocery stores. And all these were black owned businesses. They were. So as the integration rolled in, that started to change. Under the impression that, hey, I can move out there with them and, and everything will stay the same. But it didn't. He wrote it, the, the black microeconomy, to where we are today. Very few black-owned businesses. There's a whole lot of Indian and Korean-owned businesses in the black neighborhood, but very few black-owned businesses. He caught flag for saying that, but that is a true statement. It is. In my opinion, that's a, would, would you agree or disagree, P? But I think it, it, it's a true statement. Yeah. Well, you know, I've I been saying that. I've been saying that. Hmm. No. Okay. So, and, and here's the big, here's, here's the big, 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 big one that really set things off. And, um, that was really, really interesting. Uh, he said, he went on to say, it amazes me how it is when the police kill one of us, we're ready to protest, march, destroy innocent property. We're ready to loot, steal whatever we want. But when we kill 100 of us, nobody says anything. Nobody does anything. Black on black crime. We're all doing time. We're locked up in our mind. There's got to be a better way. We must stop this today. Do black lives matter? No. Black lives do not matter. Black lives do not matter. Black lives ought not matter. Black lives should not matter. Black lives must not matter until black people start respecting black lives and stop killing ourselves. Now, when he said that, Stevie Wonder, Stevie Stevie Wonder, yelled out the back. <laughs> out Black Lives Matter. That's what Stevie Wonder yelled out the back. Yeah. Okay. So, once again, we're back to this black-on-black crime. And I've said it before. And he's right once again. We'll tell the whole thing because somebody else killed. But we kill each other. Nobody says it. there's no protesting. There's no 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 uproar. What we do, we deny. We deny that it's a problem. We deny it's a problem. Once again, that, that that's the hypocrisy that we as a black community show. Well, you know, Juju, he was down there on the corner, and he just got caught up. That's that's the excuse. He got caught up. And they leave it alone. But like the guy in, in, in Dallas the other night, where the white cop walked in and shot him, saying she was in her own apartment. Oh, there's a whole lot of stuff going on right about that. Why is it? Why is it such a difference? 
So how can you say black lives matter for one, but don't matter, does not matter for the other? He, once again, he has a point. It, it's amazing how uh, 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 we choose what we want to see as right and what we want to see as wrong, or what we just choose to ignore completely. Unless it's one of your relatives that's involved, and then you want to become involved. You want to worry. You want to worry about it. There was no right for them to jump on him from saying that. Beyond the fact that the truth hurts. Well, yeah. that's what it, the truth. The truth hit home. He stepped on some toes. Yeah, he did that. And he not only stepped on some toes, he stepped on toes of some of the quote-unquote black community leaders sitting up there on stage. Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, Farrakhan, and a host of others. Instead of embracing and maybe giving it some thought, saying, yeah, well, maybe there may be some truth to this, what we do, first thing we do, we take a, 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 a we take a a, a a page out of out of, out of the, the uh, Mr. Smith's book. Let's just kill his character. Let's assassinate him. Let's attack, attack. Which does what? The same as they do it with Kaepernick. Kaepernick right now, they change the, the the onus of what is important and move it to something totally different. He got he got his flag for saying uh, uh, need a man in the house. Earlier in his in his statements, he said a black woman cannot a woman cannot raise a boy a man. He called black about that. Many thought maybe he was taking a shot at Aretha because you know Aretha was a single parent as well, and, and he he had to come back and clarify that because uh, you know it was just uh, 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 people thinking. You know, he described abortion after birth, the idea of children being raised by the provider father and the mother as the nurse. No, he said he was not trying to take aim at Aretha, you know, because she had four boys of her own. (laughs) You know, uh, let's see, what else? I have a whole whole lot, a whole lot. He went on to say, that I was trying to show that the movement now is moving and should move in a different direction, he said. We need to do, what we need to do is create respect among ourselves. Aretha, the person with that song, respect, that is laid out for us and what we need to be as a race within ourselves. We need to show each other that. We need to show each other respect. That was the reason I did it. That's why he said he did it. Um he went on, uh, went on to say, uh, I think if she's immortalized, she should be immortalized. If we can turn black America around, it would be the greatest and best immortalization we could properly give to her for what she did for black America and world when she did. I'm sure much of the negativity is due to the fact that they don't understand what I'm talking about, which is a great point. Now, it can also be said is they may not, it's not that they don't understand. They just don't want to acknowledge. Um, 
he went on to say, anybody who thinks black America is all right as we are now is crazy. We're not all right. It's a lot of change that needs to occur. This change must come from within us. I've said that before. Mm-hmm. Nobody can give us things to eliminate where we are. We have to change from within ourselves. It is ludicrous for the church not to be involved. The church is the only viable institution we have in the African-American community. You must step up and turn our race around. Now, we've had this conversation about these churches. Y'all know I'm hard on them boys. You know, I, oh, Lord, and I'm not going to go there right now. But he, once again, he is correct. You know, when, when, you, when the truth comes out a lot of times and you step on toes, boy, the first thing they're going to do is fight you because what is the hardest thing? Change. Anybody tell you, the hardest thing is change. Because change is not on their heart. It's scary for some. Because you've been doing things a certain way for so long, you th- you become uh, mired in content, you know, in tradition. But sometimes change is needed in routine. You need to come out of it. Change is needed. And it is needed now, especially in the black community. So, Anyway, because I'm not going to stay on this long because I got a couple others that I want to uh, want to get talking about here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, time goes by fast when you're having fun, don't it? <laughs> All right. So, you know, that that was the Reverend Jasper Williams uh, his, from his eulogy. Uh, P, anything you want to add to that before I get um, Professor Michael Eric Dyson's uh, comments up here? No, yeah, that's yeah. I think we don't beat that horse enough. You don't beat that horse enough, okay? All right, <laughs> Pianki, welcome. Okay, Pianki, welcome to the chat room. Know thyself. I see y'all out there. Now, Pianki said there is not this. There is not no all us when it comes to so-called black. Who is black anyway? Okay, all right, Pianki. Uh, yeah, we ain't gonna get into that right now. Uh. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Anyway, so let's go ahead and, 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 and um, get to uh, Professor Dyson, his comments. Here it is. Then in that belly of blackness in Detroit, without apology or excuse, that embrace of her blackness led her to be political. We got all kind of music now that ain't got nothing to do with nothing except cars and money and glory. I ain't mad at that, but she was about getting Angela Davis out of jail. She was about working with Martin Luther King Jr. and Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton. She was about transforming the existence of black America. Now Negroes scared to say they black scared to show up at a two-black place. That's why some black folk ain't here today. They sending letters. They don't want to get up in this blackness. They don't want to feel the nasty power of this blackness. We are black in Detroit. We don't care. Take your shoes off. Dip it in the water. Get baptized.
And then this orange apparition had the nerve to say she worked for him. You lugubrious leech. You dopey doppelganger of deceit and deviance. You lethal liar. You dim-witted dictator. You foolish fascist. She ain't worked for you. She worked above you. She worked beyond you. Get your preposition right. And then he got the nerve to say he gonna grab it. That ain't what Aretha Franklin said. I'm gonna give you something you can feel. Like the brothers in the street say, tap lightly, like a woodpecker with a headache. All right. <laughs> Go ahead, Pete. I'll let you take this one first. <laughs> he said, he said, worked above you. Now, wait a minute, now. He called Trump. 25. Mr. Smith, a dim witted and a lethal, dog <laughs> of a lethal liar, an orange apparition. <laughs> what the world?
that you get up and do something about something rather than ridicule a man who stands alone on his own. Hmm. You know, talking about Kaepernick, so to speak, now, one person in the chat room say he, he was ignorant. Why was he ignorant? Because he stood on principle, something that most people are too coward to do because they fear they're going to lose all their money, fear they're going to lose their life. You know, the quote says, you know, if you don't stand for anything, if you don't, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. Is that where we at? Is that what you do? Mm. To maintain your status as a person of color or a influential member of society, you compromise. Is that what you do? Does that make you feel better? That doesn't make you such a big man. What is the legacy mm. that you're leaving behind? Oh, Daddy always played it safe. You know, he told us just to be quiet. You know, if anybody, you know, if they think that anything to us, let's just say yes, sir. <laughs> For how long? You think you achieved something because you got a measure of success? I'm sorry. If your skin dark like mine, you only going to go as far as they allow you to go. Look at Bill. Did you forget? And about the Panthers that a black man over the head of the FBI had killed all of them and their pregnant wives for no reason. Except that they had a real measure of the power of blackness, a sense of community, a sense of unity, a sense of looking beyond their own household and looking to help their neighbors. So we all come up, not just one or two. <laughs> See, we so enamored by the hallucination of, of what this white power, white symbolism means, and we want to assimilate some people of color, not all. Some people of color are so enamored by the apparition that they see in this in this whiteness that because they can't be it, they try to assimilate their lives in as much as possible and deny who they were really created to be. And that is just sad. Because remember, at the beginning, I said that you are what? Beautifully and wonderfully made, but you want to shun that and say, what? That ain't good enough. Foolishness that has been perpetuated upon us. Since we've been here, brought over here, didn't ask to come here, and they tell you this ain't your country. Well, hell, it wasn't yours either. Did you forget? <laughs> Folks were there before you got here, but you decided that they weren't living good enough, so you diseased them up, killed them off, because they were doing quite well before you got here. And now you want to claim something that was never yours as yours. I understand, okay, they allowed you to do it, so, hey. But when? Like pride. Pride for who you are. Pride for who God created you to be. Come back without all the rhetoric, without just words. When you take pride in your family, 
And whether that man is married to you or not, or whether you're married to that woman or not, if you procreated and created a child, you take you raise that child together, regardless of whether you're in the home or not. That's yours. Take pride in your responsibility and make that the best young man or the best young lady that she can possibly be together instead of fighting each other. Because the relationship didn't work out. So what? What about the child? The child ain't asked to come here. Just like we said we ain't asked to come to this country, but we're here. We got to make the best of it. See, some, some, some situations you can't do anything about, but then there are others where the choices that you make, you can better yourself and stop relying on other people to do that which you ought to be doing for yourself. And quit getting mad because one person stands on principle and you want to start name-calling. Are you mad because they're successful because they stood up for what they believed in? It's not luck, it's grace. It's not luck, it's God. Operating in that person's life because they stood for something rather than assimilating to what they were told they ought to act like or ought to be like in order to keep their job or in order to keep their position. The reality of the thing. If you really want to know. Again, if you really want to know. Like I say, this is just my opinion. You may not agree. I'm just saying. Because <laughs> if we don't stand up, it's always going to be the way it is. If we don't unify, if we don't start having respect for ourselves and start building each other up to build together, they do it all the time. They have a knockdown, drag out fight. Sister can marry, sister can cheat with her sister's husband, and they'll still come to the Christmas dinner party. Why? Oh, I forgive you. It's all right. I done moved on with my life. You see, we had to try it. Oh, I'm going to kill you, ho. Let's <laughs> be real. And we never talk again. See, and we never talk again. See, the word says, love has a multitude of sins. Do we really love our values? No, because we've been taught so long that it's not good to be black, that we are less than. Mm-hmm. And innately, for, for some folks, they still hang on to that because they'll look in the mirror and not like what they see. And allow people to force them to assimilate into something that God never intended them to be in the first place. And they're quite comfortable in that. And then they down you because you want to wear your natural hair. Professional. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. See, so it's okay for them to celebrate their roots, but not okay for you to celebrate yours. But now you see them with the big holes in their ear. But when we do it, too Afrocentric. There's <laughs> they nose now. But we did it. Okay, well, and that's the case. Why is it that now everything that we once did and took pride in, now you're doing? Your children are doing. 
Mm. You, yourself, call it trendy and fashionable. Realize who we are. Realize where we come from. Take pride in that and stop allowing people, even your own people of your same color, who look like you but ain't like you, because their mindset is flawed. And they literally dislike themselves. They can't look in the mirror and say, hey, I love me. I love who I am. No, because they got to go in and assimilate each day. Trying to be something that they were never created to be. And that's pretty hard when you're trying to be something that you're not. It's pretty hard to love yourself and what you see in the mirror when you're always looking at somebody else thinking that that's something else. Just because it has a white skin or a lighter skin is better than you. Pretty hard to love what you are. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Okay. Woo, that was a lot. That was a lot. Okay. You know, what I also missed was when he first stood up, when he was giving his acknowledgments, and we talked about Professor uh, Michael Eric Dyson, he got up and he looked at Clinton and said, to President Clinton and her husband, Bill. And, of course, the crowd, some laughed and some cheered. I thought that was quite funny. You know, like, man, talk about disrespecting folk up in here. You know, <laughs> it was funny. But we got somebody who wants to comment, so let me bring them in. All right, Triple One, welcome to the show. How are you? What you got for me today? Hello, Mr. Talk. Welcome back. Well, thank you, Maze. How are you? I knew this was you. You can, you can let I'm just, go ahead. I'm just, I'm just marvelous as always, and I love myself so much till I figure out what's wrong with some of us. Oh, okay. <laughs> what is that? They are fighting to be like other people instead of being themselves. Mm-hmm. They're taking on the roles that they do and not who they are. That's why they fight every day against what people love themselves too. And my everybody Dyson and Dyson needs to sit down somewhere. He needs to find a place to do his whatever he was trying to do at the latest room. Because he didn't say nothing. Why? Well, he said enough to get everybody riled up. Well, I wasn't upset. He was just showing how he was just. I mean, who was riled up? The crowd that was well, the crowd that was still awake anyway. <laughs> some people, some people wants to be, some people want to be important and they're not. Try to go right uh, corner and paid him for what he had to say. If everybody mm-hmm. followed him for the whole night, he wouldn't have picked up his uh, book dancer money. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> some things you can't get upset with, and then with Kaepernick and Venus. Mm-hmm. I said when I saw her in that commercial, they were gonna punish her for being in it. Oh, you talking about Serena? And lo, yes. And lo mm-hmm. and behold, what happened? Gonna take points away from her to make her lose the game. Hmm. Well. And nobody was supposed hey. to notice, and she spoke out and let the real see it. No, of course she did. That was she was supposed to. Something. You know. You know, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I, I really am. And it, it's amazing that reaction to that. Because like you said, no one was supposed to notice that. No one was supposed to notice that. You know, it was supposed to it was supposed to be uh, another angry black woman. 
Yes. Yeah, but I'm glad you brought that up. Good, good, good catching. That was a good catch there, May. That was a good catch. <laughs> you have to pay attention. <laughs> with, the, with the indoctrinated people, they want to see stuff like they'll 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 find things to fall against. It. Mm-hmm. And Amarosa. <laughs> now, they said black people don't like Amarosa. Yeah. Now, who's telling you that black people don't like Amarosa? Well, um, you know, um, uh, being where I'm from down in Jacksonville, Florida, yeah, a lot of them don't like her. Now, a lot of them, but some do. Her husband like her, her family like her, and some other people like her. Well, well. So, I mean, but I'm course. saying, look I at hope, the people. That, look, I hope he likes her. He married her. Yeah, and the people <laughs> that are saying people don't like that black people don't like Amarosa. It's not they don't like Amarosa. They don't like what Amarosa was doing. Exactly. That's a good point. There's a there's a distinction there. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. They didn't like what she was doing. Now That's the question right, is, what do they like doing. What she's doing now? Yeah. Now the question is, do they like what she's doing right now? You know, I heard other talks about where she's getting her black card back or what have you. The question is, was she playing the game, making the funk the whole time, or did she all of a sudden have a light bulb go off after she was just dismissed that said, "Oh, these folks really aren't doing what what, what I thought they were doing." So which one was it? Well, is I guess she will make a perfect uh, spy. She'll make a perfect one. She can write a book mm. on how to do it. Only thing they want to know, yeah. how did she do this? Because she wrote mm-hmm. Bagoa at first, didn't she? Yeah. Uh-oh. Okay. Yeah. So then she, go in, then she go in and prove what we've been saying all along. Because we said it before she even went inside the tent. And she came out and just clarified what we knew. Didn't she? So why we got to be mad with her because she did that? <laughs> Just clarified it. So like I say, conscious always listen, and conscious will always be right. And we are the conscious to that kind of stuff because that's why we can see it before it even happens. Oh, we know it when we see it. Mm-hmm. You just need somebody to clarify you know, what you you've been looking at. Right, but you know, you know what's about to happen with Serena. You know. um, because you know they're gonna shift that. They're gonna shift that. That that that, that what, the part about her being on there with with Colin Kaepernick. And what's gonna happen mm-hmm. is the Me Too movement. The Me Too movement is gonna hijack what happened Saturday. You know that's gonna happen, yeah. right? Yes, that probably will happen. And I was listening to some of these yeah. liberal talk show women. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. they just like, well, she shouldn't have did that. She and the one lady was having a conversation today with three white ladies sitting talking. She said, no, a black lady should be at the table and have a discussion about this. I said, she's the only one that was right because they don't see it the same way everybody else looking at it. She was in that commercial, so they had to punish her for it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to look and listen, and you see a whole lot of stuff. You see a whole lot. And what I figured out from my three people that don't want to be like us, all we got to complain about is they got a problem with themselves within because they want to be hmm. like the indoctrination that's been handed down to them. But some of us don't. Most of us don't want to be that way. We want to be who we are. And they won't let Amazing. us. We, so we still fight. They won't. <laughs> they still fight, huh? 
Still fighting us. <laughs> we ain't going nowhere. <laughs> but but you, if you notice, they really didn't say that 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 black Chinese Japanese girl. She got a black father. Her father is uh, active in her life. You notice they didn't push that too much. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. And they didn't want her to break. They don't want her. They don't want her to. Yeah, and that twenty-five that she could have gained by, uh, twenty-five games that she's won, uh, been the most. They stopped her from that, just like they did Tiger Wood. People not noticing what they did to him. They didn't want them to have them jackets. When they want you to have something, they always pay stick something in between. But the girl cried because she knows she didn't win. <laughs> and I've been crying too because the next time she has to see her, we know what's gonna happen. Just like she did the last one. She beat us so bad she didn't know what to do. <laughs> some of us you mess with and some of us you don't. So with that, it was nice having a chat with you and your host. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. And I appreciate it as always. You know, you you you, you be on top of it, Maze. I got to give you credit. You be on top of it. You gave me, you gave me a lot. Huh? You gave me long enough rest. I was wondering if something was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, really? <laughs> oh, well. I, I so maybe you in a bowling tournament. Yeah, exactly. I was, actually. Oh. oh, well. Well, that's good. Yeah. Did you win or did you lose or did you get a big trophy? I got some money. Oh, well, that's a trophy. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, enough, uh, enough to give back. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a good it was a good tournament, man. It, it really was. It was okay. A tournament well, it was a good tournament. Okay. Well, I have to forgive you for the, the space we had. You didn't come on, so I let it slide. I'm not upset. Uh, I'm still happy. Okay, thank you. You still happy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> ah, okay. All right. Thank you, darling. <laughs> okay, I'll sit back and listen. All right. <laughs> oh, all right. Oh, Lord. You know, and, and I'm glad Maze did bring it. <laughs> I'm glad Maze did bring that up. Yeah, because, uh, you know, that over the weekend with Serena was, was just horrible. It really was. And, uh, you know, for them to do her the way they did, it, it just was it, it's bad. But I'm, I'm glad somebody caught that because it was downright despicable. It, it really did, um, how they took that match from her. But as I said, um, what's going to happen now is, you know, uh, 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 the Me Too movement or somebody's going to hijack that moment. And use it for their own their own purposes, not just you know for you know uh, because because uh, she was on the the uh, Nike ad with with uh, Kaepernick. But see, nobody's gonna talk about that, huh? Yeah, no one's gonna talk about that because they don't want you to know that that they give you insight of just how how they do it. No, they gonna say, well, she lost her her temper, and that would cause her to lose. No, she broke the law, the rules. First, now let's let's talk about this thing. First, you know, 
not to mention that Serena did come out and say, you know, she's one of the most pissed athletes on the tennis circuit. You know, every time you turn around, she says she got the piss in the bottle, you know, being tested for drugs. Not to mention back when, when her and Venus first came out, they were always the object of, uh, of attention, unwanted attention, when they walked through the, the, the locker rooms and what have you. You know, when they were wearing the beads and what have you, when they came out with their own uh, designer clothes and stuff. Now, all of a sudden, the French, French Open, they want to ban her cat suit. Why? But this little white girl, German, French girl, wore something similar, and they didn't ban that. So if you take a look at, at, at what's, and we often say it, you know, sometimes you have to get out of what's going on here in, in, in the United States and look at what's going on in the world, especially when you're talking about internationally with come to sports and things. You'll see a lot that, that, that's really going on that, that tells you the state of, Relations not only in the United States but in the world when it comes to uh, uh, people of color. People of color. You know, I'm so proud that that Serena, you know, actually told the crowd to stop booing that girl because it wasn't fair. Serena knew it wasn't about that. It was about something totally different. You know. Yes, this was the U.S. Open final. And, no, they don't want Serena to, to hold all the records. You know, because right. she's steamrolling she steam through them people. But you can't let her do all that. Especially after she's showing up. She's showing up on, um, um, on, um, uh, 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 she's showing up on, 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 on uh, 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 they going as with with Colin Kaepernick, you know, because his his name is a he's a bad name right now. He's a bad name right now. But it is what it is. Go on and say what you're gonna say to P. I hear you. Yeah, I was. You know, I was with you. I was out at the area, mm-hmm. and I had to go outside. But um, you are exactly right. You are exactly right. They, they don't. They don't want that woman up there like that. That's that's what she's doing too much. So they gotta find a way <laughs> to stop her. First, it was the outfit, you know. Then it was because you know the one lady changed her top on the on the on, on the court, and she got they told her, "Hey, your shirt on wrong." Hey, and then they found the for 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 you know turn it down. I mean, come on now. Mm-hmm. Come on now. And then, you know, when, when they made the, the, the comment that, you know, women have to, to overcome, uh, 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 overcome a lot more than men, you know, they want to say, well, well, that ain't true. That's a lie. Yes, in sports, yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And they don't like, let's be honest, they don't like when you you, you stand up. And then they gave this girl a $17,000 fine. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's what that, yeah. See? Yeah. You know, and, and now for those that's not understanding, what what we're talking about here, um, 
Serena said about Colin Kaepernick ad is she she was especially proud to be part of the Nike family. Okay, mm-hmm. so does that explain a little bit to you? Now let's let's not forget. Now we're gonna bring him back into the conversation for a moment. Forty five said that Nike was making a horrible mistake, sent a bad message. <laughs> That's what they said. That, but really want to say, well, I mean, he's done a lot for the African American community, and it's cost him a lot. It's sad, but he continues to do the best that he can to support. Having a huge company back him, you know, could be controversial for this company, but they're not afraid. I feel like that was a really powerful statement to a lot of other companies. Uh, she went on to say she doesn't believe an athlete is obligated to take a stance on any social issues. So, <laughs> and then they got a picture of her when she was younger that said, it's only a crazy dream until you do it. And I'm sure some, most of y'all have seen that commercial where she's out there, um, they're showing her with her father, with a little black girl with her father, hitting the ball, and then they show her in tournaments hitting the ball. So yeah. that's a Nike ad. Yeah, that's a Nike ad, and that's part of their yeah. their 30-year anniversary. They're just uh-huh. doing campaign. See, many of you didn't know that, did you? So if you take that and you, and you see what happened Saturday, it explains it all. It explains it all. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Mhm. So, ah, interesting, interesting. All right. Well, I think we about covered all we we gonna we want to really cover. You know, Friday we'll come back and we finish up what we didn't do today about um his cohorts cohorts um fleeing. You know, for for what that word is, I was looking for P. You know what I'm talking about? Immunity. 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 Yeah, we talk a little bit more, but we'll talk a little bit about that. Cause I just didn't see like that was important today, because <laughs> it's gonna keep going anyway. Um, it is gonna keep going, but you know uh, they're gonna get it. They're, you know they're gonna get it. They're gonna get it, and, and, and at the end of the day, it's still gonna not amount to anything. Yeah, I mean, Manafort, even though he was he what he got eighteen months in jail in prison, really eighteen months, eighteen mm-hmm. months. You know, that's protective custody <laughs> or, or federal right. prison. So, I mean, really. Right. Really. Yeah. But so. the question is, is, is he going to use the well, huh? And you know, it better, you know, it better be protective custody. Mm-hmm. Let's just be not safe in there. He is not safe in there. Yep. <laughs> Oh wow! Probably, probably be I like think, a, a probably be like the Martha Stewart thing, you know. Everything is provided. You ain't really in jail, but you in jail. You just can't. You ain't really in jail, but you just can't go home. Yeah, yeah. Look, <laughs> no, they, they come out and he um he'll have everything set up for him, like Martha Stewart. Now she got shows with Snoop Dogg and carrying on. Really. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how it's gonna work. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. But wasn't she? Wasn't she? Wasn't she convicted of a federal crime? She was. She was. So that makes her a felon, right? That makes
insider trading. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. But she, but she come back and get a television job and, and start, okay, all right, but she'll sell it, right? Okay. That that goes to show more about it. But anyway. I wonder if she can vote right now. Hmm. Good question. Depends on what state she lives in. Well, yeah, that's true. You know, what state she claims as home? Mm. Yeah. Well, interesting, huh? Yeah, just move the one you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least for the elections, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least for the elections. <laughs> All right, Pete, so give us some minutes. Well, actually, I don't have one. Oh, she don't have one today. Oh, okay. All right, but no problem. I got some. I really don't. But I, but I, I, I'll make it up on, on on Friday. I had a busy week. I had a busy week trying to get things together, and um, I actually just woke up before the show came on. I was kind of like in a coma, you know. <laughs> Okay then. All right. All righty then. All right. I, I'm leaving that one alone. Okay. <laughs> I would. I would. I really would. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm leaving that one alone. All right. So. All right. Give us some final words then. Well, in light of you know, just you know, just 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 stay true to who you are. You know, too many times, like like we said at the beginning of the show, you know, we're, we we allow people to in, in, intimidate us in 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 into being who we never were meant to be. So we do it just to fit in. Don't do that. Let's stop. Let's stop doing that. Let's find out who we really are and become that person and stay true to that person. You know, even 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 if you gotta even if you even if you gotta sacrifice some stuff. You know, because at, at the end of the day, you're you're the only one that's really going to be hurt. Because you're going to look back and you're going to say, I wish I wouldn't have did that. You know? So, so let's not allow people to define who we are, regardless of who they are. If that's not what you feel today, tell her, hey, back up, bro. That's not who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when you go to bed at night, you can sleep, you can rest because you know you're true to you. Because you only got one you. You are the only you that there ever is going to be. Now, are you going to define you for you, or let everybody else define you for you? Okay. That's it? That's all you got? All right. Well, thank you, ma'am, once again, as always. You know, great have you as a, as a co-host. And, hey, you, you, what I miss you guys, you explained it so wonderfully. You know, you put it in words I just can't. So, now, I got to do something about this eighth grade education. I'm sorry, this ninth grade education. 
uh, get ready, get out, do what you got to do. Don't be a hard head. Don't try and ride it out and what have you, okay? Get out of there. If you ain't learned anything from New Orleans, you know, use common sense. All right? All right, here we go. See y'all Friday. Have a good one. Make that a trip in a real sense. They are defining patriotism by how you respond to the flag, by how you respond to the national anthem. They don't define it by the principles, but they define it instead by you standing up. Ain't that empty and shallow just like the person in the White House? Because if your patriotism is only determined by your standing and saluting a flag during a song, then that lets you get away with a whole lot of stuff that's unpatriotic, which is what goes on in the White House day in and day out. Isn't that a trip? I guess y'all not getting it. I'll push it a little bit further. Does it not blow your mind that poetically and providentially the same day the NFL made that plantation policy that a video was released of Sterling Brown in Milwaukee, Wisconsin that was so evil that the police and the mayor had to apologize before it was released. Now you ain't heard 46 minus 1 say a word about that, but he does have a word of of pardon for Jack Johnson who was victimized by the criminal justice system. Oh, I see. It's easier to get with justice for someone who's been dead for a hundred years as opposed to fighting for justice for black bodies that are alive right now because you've spent so much time lying about what the what what Colin Kaepernick was protesting. Kaepernick was not disrespecting the flag. He was protesting the fact that this nation does not live up to the true meaning of what the flag represents, and that's liberty and justice for all. Save your pardon. Save your pardon. You didn't give a pardon to the Central Park Five. The Central Park Five, Google them since y'all evidently don't know them. The Central Park Five, five young black brothers who were sentenced to prison for a rape that they, they did not commit. And Donald J. Trump, 46 minus one, had the audacity to take out a full page ad in the New York Times and call for the death penalty for them. And he never has apologized. And even when they were sent free by DNA evidence and someone else admitted what they had done. He still did not come back and apologize because a dead black person is easier to give justice to than live black bodies. That's hypocritical and unpatriotic. Oh, say can you see?